And I'm Donna Carter. That might be the least high energy I've ever said that. <laughs> I, I was noticing Hi. that. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Are you going to do anything? I mean, I know you're not. Uh, yeah, it's tough because um, my husband's on the other side of the world. So, no. We also just generally don't celebrate Valentine's Day all that much because we got married on February 10th. Right. We kind of were just like, that. can can we just replace Valentine's Day? Can we just roll it into our, our anniversary? With our anniversary yeah. forever? And the answer is yes. <clears throat> uh, we're probably you... not going to do anything for that either. Because, you know, the time difference is so significant. So hard. Like, that, really, there's only one day of the week that week, it works. And it's like a few hours yeah. that we can really connect. So, yeah. Impromptu calls aren't really an option. Scott called me... Oh, the dog's shaking. So if you're mm-hmm. hearing weird sounds, that's what that is. That's what that is. Um, not shaking like quivering, shaking like like he's wet, but he's not wet. Anyway, um, what was I saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> you were saying Scott called you. Oh yeah, he called me last <laughs> night, but I just happened to be up at midnight, so okay, it's not really typical for me. So yeah, yeah. um, so in in light of valentine's day i thought it would be quite lovely if you told us your grocery store oh, my grocery store so- story my grocery story mm-hmm. um yeah so i <laughs> the moment that i knew oh, this is gonna make me cry the moment that i knew i wanted to be with scott like we were already you know romantically involved at that point but the moment that i knew he was the one i wanted to pick him <clears throat> Um, was, it was cold, uh, it was winter, and, or at least, yeah, it was cold, it was cold out, um, and we were in a grocery store, and he, being the brat that he is, put his very cold hands, like, under my shirt on my lower back, and so in protest, I... <laughs> Mom just handed me a Kleenex, and I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> Sorry. I laughed, and I was like, I'm going to have to explain that. Um, rather than, I don't know, responding the way he expected me to, I just, like, crumbled to the ground in protest. And I expected him to either walk away, and I was just going to lay there until he came back to get me, or try to stand me up, and I was going to go limp and let him drag me around. Um because this is what everyone does in a grocery store. Well, because I'm a pain in the butt. Um, apparently, we'd reached like a brat stillmate. But <laughs> what he actually did was um, he just like laid down next to me in the middle of the aisle in a safe way. And I. And there you were, spooning in the cracker spooning, aisle. Yeah, spooning in the cracker aisle. And I kind of thought, I can't imagine I could ever meet another person that would be this ridiculous with me. <laughs> and that's when I was like, yeah, this is the person that I want to pick. Nice. Yeah. There's there's um, something kind of hilarious on the uh, across the street on the sidewalk. Yes, there is. So they were doing some repair work on the sidewalk. And this is years and years and yeah, years ago. Yeah, this is a long time ago. These people are probably married and have 12 children by now. Uh, but Austin so, would be in his early 20s, I think. So tell tell us what happened. 
So, well, I don't know what happened, but... <clears throat> Tell what, us what resulted. The, yeah, so in when the concrete was wet, someone had written, like, two names in a heart in, in the wet concrete. And apparently, before the concrete had dried or set or whatever concrete does, someone, maybe the same person, maybe someone else, went and, like, tried to scratch out that very same message of love. <laughs> it's a beautiful... Doesn't it say together forever or something oh, it like might. that? Oh, it might, yeah, it might. And then, yeah, and then, and then like, apparently before not. the concrete was even set up, yeah. it was over. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, we're going to talk about love, but we're going to talk about love that's a little bit more... I was going to say concrete. <laughs> a little bit more permanent than that. So, um... Let, I mean, where do you go in the Bible when you're talking about love? Always, 1 Corinthians. Um, and I love in um, chapter 13, verse 7, it says, Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So it's what it's really saying is love never gives up. Mm-hmm. That tenacity and determination to never quit is a quality that is highly valued in our culture when it comes to a lot of things. We feel inspired when some determined soul painfully crosses the finish line of the Iron Man alone long after dark when everybody's gone home. We're moved when a student with a, a learning disability crosses the platform to accept a hard-earned degree. We generally admire people who are willing to really fight for what they want. But I think in our culture, sometimes we fight hardest for the wrong things. You know, we may fight to win, to graduate, to excel, all good things. But then we give up on the most important thing of all. We give up on each other, on, on relationships and on love. God's love and the love he wants us to experience and express always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. It never fails. Now, it may get frustrated and exhausted and disappointed and sad and lonely, rejected, even angry, but it never, ever gives up. That's what love never does. What does it always do? It always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. So let's take a look at at those three things and just see what they might look like in our relationships. So first of all, love always protects. Most mothers would do absolutely anything to keep their child safe. I mean, there are mothers who are irresponsible or even um, uh, abusive, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a normal mother. Uh, I, 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 sorry, I cringe at the word normal there. Okay. As as motherhood was designed to be. Okay. Okay. Maybe let's go with that. Sure. And we can do that. But, you know, we've heard stories, most of us, of mothers running through fire or lifting cars off mm -hmm. their child, that kind of thing, anything to protect or rescue their child. And when that happens, God's extreme love is being represented to us. Um. I, I am so grateful to have had a dad who in so many ways represented my Heavenly Father to me 
and made that transition to a relationship with my Heavenly Father so natural and easy. My dad was almost always gentle and kind. He was affirming and loving. He showed his love for my sisters and me with his words, his time, and his touch. Now, knowing my dad as a gentle, scholarly, scholarly kind of man made one incident in my childhood really quite shocking to me. My older sister, Debbie, and I wanted to go skating. So dad, not wanting us to walk across the school field in the darkness of a winter evening alone, walked over with us and just stood watching us skate behind the boards of this outdoor rink. Well, at some point on our skate, an older boy started tormenting us. He called us names and circled, uh, skated circles around us. He wasn't hurting us, but he was ruining our fun and he was making us afraid. I really don't know what his intentions were, his end game was. but Probably just to be a jerk. Probably. Um, yeah, I don't know that he ever would have hurt us, but I never found out because his game did not get very far. <laughs> Suddenly, out of the shadows charged a raging bull that looked a lot like my dad. But this was certainly not anything like the gentle dad I'd always known and loved. In the space of seconds, the balance of power shifted and a series of mild shoves on that boy's chest, accompanied by a heated verbal rebuke, sent him skating backwards into the boards where the end of the lecture was delivered. Now, I'm sure the lawyer in my dad could have come up with a more logical, calculated response to the bullying if the relationship with the plaintiffs had been less personal. But the victims weren't clients. They were his precious little girls. And the man who came to the rescue was not their lawyer. He was their daddy. I was quite shocked by my dad's response. I, I was even a little afraid, but I was also very proud hmm. because I felt cherished. I felt loved and irreplaceable. And I learned that day that my daddy would go to pretty extreme lengths to protect us because we were his little girls and he was our daddy. Love always protects. I, I can't think of a better example of God's protection in my, my own life than when my husband Randy and I, with our older daughter Kendall, were in Port-au-Prince when the earthquake happened um, January 12th of 2010. We had actually landed only one hour before the disaster, and we were still on the road to our hotel when the, when the earthquake struck. One of the things that I often pray when our family is traveling by car is that God would keep us on the safest part of the road at all times. Well, wow, if ever God protected us by answering that prayer, it was that day. Anyone in a building, whether it was an airport, house, hotel, office, or embassy, was in great danger because buildings were collapsing all over the place. So many people who were indoors lost their lives or were horribly injured. Anyone outside, on the other hand, was also vulnerable to being crushed by crumbling walls, which we saw happen right in front of us. But to happen to be in the middle of the road when everything crumbled around us was evidence of our Heavenly Father's protection and care. Even our position on the road was strategic. With power lines hanging into the streets and concrete blocks flying into the streets, um, our proximity to an intersection is what enabled us to quickly back out of harm's way. 
We were literally on the safest part of the road when it mattered the most. Love always protects. So why were we protected in those moments when so many others were severely injured or even lost their lives? I wonder that too. But that question actually opens the door to the next quality of love that, that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about. Love always trusts. We need to trust in God's sovereignty, his goodness and love, when we don't have the answers to the whys of life, whether that's in relationship um, with our, 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 the people in our lives, whether it's our future or the future of our children. Knowing that God is in control, that he's sovereign, can take so much of the worry out of our lives. Rather than trying to control each other or the future, we can trust God. He has our best interest at heart. Hmm, there's a car alarm going off. Sorry. <laughs> okay, you we are have, awake. We have, I'm know. awake. <laughs> we have um, no control over that, I'm afraid. So bear with I, us. I don't even hear it. So well, clearly well, it's do. in that register that I've lost. Well, I think mm -hmm. it stopped. But Okay, good. Anyway. Um, so we can trust God to have our best interest at heart, even when what is most precious to us, the people that we love, um, when, when, when they're threatened, when, when, we, um, when we can't control people we love and, and trying to would just damage our relationship with them anyway. We can love God by trusting that he has our best interest at heart. My friend Katie, not her real name, tells a funny story that happened to her and her husband one evening when they were all dressed up and they were going out for dinner at a fancy hotel. Now, Katie's a big woman and probably outweighs her husband about two to one. Okay. And they were descending this grand staircase toward a beautifully set buffet table at the bottom of this hotel when Katie somehow lost her footing, maybe because she wasn't really used to wearing high heels all that often. But anyway, she started, you know, entering into that wild series of gestures that you do when, you're, when your feet are trying to keep up with the momentum of your body. And she was starting to hurdle headfirst down the staircase. And in her desperation to, to grope for anything to help her regain her balance and stop her fall, what did she grab? Her husband's tie, his necktie. Now, her husband dearly loved his wife, and he was committed to keeping her safe, but there just wasn't enough of him to stop her. <laughs> Kathy began yanking him by the tie into her wild descent. Now, just, just take a moment with me to visualize this. Imagine you're at the foot of the staircase. You're waiting in the buffet line, and you see a large woman clumsily and hurriedly dragging her panicked husband down the stairs toward the buffet line by the tie. As much as Katie's husband wanted to save his wife this humiliation, he simply didn't have the strength. Yeah, it's brutal. But God does. He's both committed and capable. He loves us passionately and he is in control. We can trust him completely. He's worthy of our trust and love always trusts. Love also hopes. 
It believes in the object of its affection. Wait, hang on. Before we move on, was she okay? Like, I feel like we're missing <laughs> some resolution to that story. Um, I think so. I think she was able to be just I mean, having, she lived. Just having this, her hand on his tie, I think she managed to... Slow her uh, down a bit. ...to land at the bottom, although it was a pretty ungainly descent. She did land on her feet, and uh, yeah, but I can just imagine what that looked like. Also... This is that's the story that she tells. We're not right sitting here laughing at a, a no. bigger woman. Oh, I just no. wanted to make that oh. clear. No, she, she thought <laughs> that's it was her. Hilarious. That's her framing of yes. it, not yours. Exactly. Sorry, as yeah. as a big lady myself, I just wanted to make that clear. We don't we don't do that here. No. Anyway, carry we're on. Not, Sorry, we're not mocking anybody. <laughs> so love trusts, but love also hopes. It believes in the object of its affection. We all need someone who believes in us to help us reach our potential, right? To take all we have as far as we can go in life. Maybe it's that parent cheering on the sidelines of their fourth sub-zero soccer game of the season. Or, and I don't mean sub-zero as in score, I mean temperature. It's hard to <laughs> score less than zero in a soccer game. True. If anyone could do be, it, it would be me. That would be unscoring. Yeah. Maybe that's when you... Score you on make your a own goal, goal? And, yeah. yeah, maybe. Mm. Although I think you're supposed to score on your own goal in soccer, aren't you? No, no. no. Okay. I don't know that that's clearly, a thing in any sport. No, clearly. <laughs> Are you thinking of rugby where you have to throw the ball I behind don't you? No, I have no idea I don't about know. sports. I shouldn't use sports I, yeah, totally. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> carrying on. So maybe the person who speaks hope into your life is a coach who calls out the talent of a young athlete, another athletic metaphor. Yeah, you're crushing it. Uh-huh. Or a teacher who recognizes an academic diamond in the rough. Okay, teachers, I understand. <laughs> the point is we can all be that person in someone else's life. Proverbs 18.4 says, A person's words can be life-giving water. We blossom like a flower under the sun's warmth when someone expects our best, and encourages us along the path to our goal, whether it's a big accomplishment or simply the survival of another day. Affirmation gives us hope. Hope that we can be the person that we want to be, that we can accomplish what we want to accomplish. Psychologists, tells us, uh, psychologists tell us that it takes seven positive inputs into our memory banks to counteract one negative. The Bible says God is so delighted with us he sings over us. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> we can represent him to each other um, and, and, and ignite hope in each other by saying life-giving words to one another. Words like, you're beautiful. I'm proud of you. You are so capable. I'm so glad God gave you to me. You're one of God's greatest gifts to me. I treasure your tender heart. I love to hear you laugh. Hearing your voice brightens my day. I see the following gifts in you and then list them. This isn't going to come naturally to everybody. Like almost everything about relationships, affirmation involves some risk. But putting affirming uh, thoughts into words for the benefit of others can make a huge difference in their lives by giving them the courage to hope and to take the risks to be all they can be. Love protects, trusts, hopes, 
and it perseveres. It never gives up. One of the thousands of heartbreaking stories arising out of the dust of Haiti's devastating earthquake that I referenced earlier is the story of Rijur. Rijur was the messenger for Haiti's compassion office. He was the lowest man on the totem pole. He was just doing errands that needed to be done. Rijur and his wife had both worked two jobs for years, and they did it so that their daughter Rose could fulfill her dream of attending medical school. She was the couple's cane for old age, which is a Creole saying referring to the child that the parents depend on to care for them later in life, because of course, Haiti has no social assistance structure whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Well, Rijur and his wife, their world revolved around their daughter, Rose. She was studying at the, at the university when the earthquake struck and Rijur ran to the university through you know, the obstacle course of debris and fallen buildings. And he finally located the building that Rose was having class in that day. The building had completely collapsed and he climbed up on the top of the rubble, calling out her name. And wonder of wonders, she responded, Daddy, I'm here. Come get me. He yelled out to hear her, I'm here, baby. I'm here. Just hang on. And then with his bare hands and whatever he could find, he dug through the rubble. Six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours. 48 hours without stopping for even the briefest rest. In the process, he rescued six other students. And every time he found someone alive, it gave him hope and the strength to go on. But when he finally got to Rose, it was too late. She'd already died. Only if you're a parent can you understand the fierce parental love that can never give up on his or her child. The truth is that once you have a child, your heart is never safe again. That child is capable of breaking your heart again and again, and there's nothing you can do to protect yourself from that pain. But as indestructible as that God-given father or mother love seems, God's love is more powerful still. Isaiah 49, 15 and 16 says this, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she is born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Now that sounds pretty permanent, doesn't it? <laughs> engraving somebody, their name or whatever, on your hand. When we were, we were in Israel, I had that verse uh, engraved, not on my hand, but on something close to my hand on a silver bangle in Hebrew. Um, because I just, I wanted to be reminded of that indestructible love that God has for us. You know, even when our human parents, spouses, or friends love us imperfectly, and they will, mm -hmm. God's love never fails. If you've never experienced that kind of love, I invite you to ask God to flood your life. Invite him to come into your life and allow him to lead you through life. Mm -hmm. If you have already done that and you still don't have a, an experience of God's love, you can, you can ask for that. Ephesians 3, um, 18 and 19 says, And may you have the power to understand 
how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. We, we can't really get intellectually his love for us. We mm -hmm. have to experience it. It's the only way we can really grasp it. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really quickly want to circle back to, we opened this podcast talking about how like we're inspired by, by not giving up and how that doesn't always translate to the way we experience love. And what I do want to say is, I think sometimes relationships do break down and there is nothing that you as one person can do to stop that. That's true. If your spouse has checked out, you not giving up won't change that. Mm. If your, um, if your parents or your children or your siblings are abusive, you not giving up won't change that. And, and so there, I, I want to highlight that there's a difference mm. between recognizing that this is not the love that was intended for you. Mm. Um, because what we're talking about here is God's perfect love and humans are not perfect. No. And we do not love each other perfectly. Mm -hmm. And, and I think anyone that's been raised in the church has been raised with the belief like you just don't you, you just don't end a relationship once you're married you just don't get divorced um and i think there's a lot of value in that but one person cannot do that on their own no and i want to sure. say shame if if you have shame about that sh like shame off you mm -hmm. um you are one person and both people need to be you know, committed to that, to that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I would say, bring it before God in prayer. Oh, not if there's, a, not if there's abuse for sure. But if, I mean, I know of several relationships that have experienced real healing and mm -hmm. restoration. Um, even after one partner has totally checked out, yep. they, the other person was patient and persevered and they came back. So hundred percent. Yeah, in in the Bible, I and I, I'm not, this is not a direct quote, but the the dissolution of a marriage is acceptable in cases I think of infidelity or abandonment. Yes, uh, that 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 was Jesus' teaching. Yeah, um, I think other scripture informs that further. Sure. Basically, what I'm mm -hmm. saying is, you cannot fix it on your own, and God will not force the other person. No, no, that's to fix free it. Free will is a thing. So, absolutely pray on it. But I, I want to deconstruct the narrative that if you've had a marriage that didn't work out, you're a bad Christian or anything like that because no. it's not true. No, I'm. I'm glad you said that. I think Valentine's Day is quite painful for a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. Even yeah. even in healthy relationships, mm -hmm. it can be really painful for people so okay. yeah, yeah i i just wanted to put a little footnote on that whole thing because i think it's important um so on that very happy and loving note um i do want to remind you to subscribe on your favorite ooh, can i 
can I speak? Subscribe on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Or, of course, you can listen anytime using the MyJoy Radio app. That is it for us today on Grow On The Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow On The Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 